God indeed has always been good, and uh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord for it. Um, man, we we need to uh, we need to pray this morning. We got I, I got a couple of uh, couple things that before I get started. Obviously, um, we're um, we're at the place to where uh, um, we're at the place to uh to in where we're at we're fixing to start the fast and and that's going to be a thing uh coming up really really soon actually tuesday we'll start that and uh, so that that'll be that'll be huge for us and uh, so we're just we're just praying uh, that the lord does a big work in amongst the fast and uh just say i you know i'm not all about the fasting thing and and you know i i, I get it it's hard. Um, it's not anything easy. But I, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and the American church has has uh, has misdefined what what it actually means uh, to be blessed in in Jesus Christ. Uh, the American church, the the day and age which we live in, has defined being blessed in Jesus Christ as as having things and and having a good life and and having all your needs met. Uh, when in actuality the the blessing of Jesus Christ comes from from persecution and and suffering with Jesus Christ, and uh, you you'll the, you'll find great reward in in suffering with Jesus Christ. Now, what the problem with that is, uh, it, that ain't always easy in the day we live because one way's the mainstreams teaching another way, and and then you. <laughs> You got a dude comes on the scene and is like, no, that ain't it. Uh, you know, you say, well, that don't seem right. Well, if you if you remember, everything in, in the Bible is backwards with God. If you want to go up, you got to go down. Um, if you, the first is going to be last, the last is going to be first. Um, you know, you know there, there's a lot of the way that God does is completely counterintuitive to the way we are. And, and that's because he's God and we're not. And so God's got a system set up to make sure that our flesh don't overrun, uh, they don't overrun our life and such. Like it's a pretty stark contrast. You ought to be able to see whether you're in the flesh or 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 you're in the faith, right? You ought to be able to see whether you're walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. And so, uh, to that point, there there is a lot of blessing that comes from fasting. Um, and, and I haven't done uh, probably as much teaching on it this year. Um, as, as leading up to it as I should have, uh, but again, I, f- I figured out this, um, and I'll say, I'll make the statement, I'll, I probably uh, need to make it anyway, uh, truth seekers, they seem to always find the truth. Uh, no, nobody, be, believe it or not, nobody tried to teach me on fasting before I started. They said, the Bible said that fasting is a very profitable thing. And you know what? I was like, okay, let's do it. So I didn't have to be taught the 21 benefits of fasting from the Bible and the health benefits because there is both. There is most definitely both. Um, so I, I would say, uh, man, if you can jump in on that with us and and um, you say, well, I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that. I, guys, you, you do what you have the liberty to do because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I feel like God's given me the liberty to do. Um, I will say, um, I don't think 
I, I don't necessarily think that some of our fasting efforts in the past have been very effective uh, because, because we'll literally we'll, we'll fast from Coca-Colas. That's kind of, you know, well, I'm going to fast from processed sugar. I mean, I get it. I really do. Uh, I get where you, where you may be, but let's, let's actually do something. Like, let's do something with the Lord, right? Is, is God worthy? Man, is God worth it? That's what you got to ask yourself. Is God worth it? And, and uh, so, so I want us to make sure uh, that, that, we, that we do that and that, um, that we're understanding where we're at on that. Um, last week, I, I, dealt with, I dealt with a subject uh, last week. And, and I want to I want to deal I want to deal uh, along the same lines about fruit bearing in in 2023, and we're going to look at we're going to look at a couple of dudes uh, in the Bible this morning. Uh, just and, and your outline ain't but one page. I don't know if that means 20 minutes or an hour. I'm not sure yet. Uh, we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, uh, but 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 I, I want to look at this this idea still of fruit bearing. Why 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 don't why don't I want to look at that? Well, because the same thing I said last week is the same thing that I think needs to be re- reiterated this week. That twenty twenty two is gone, and on and the only thing that counts is what fruit you have from it. That is literally the only thing that counts in the eyes of God. Nothing else matters. To God, nothing else matters than the fruit that you bore in, in your life. Like that's where God's at with this whole thing. And, and I, I, we got to make sure that we get there, right? We got to make sure that we see it like God sees it and we understand it like God understands it. Now, last week, we, we, you know, I, I, I posed this thought to you. If, you. if you had to list out the fruit that you believe uh, that you bore in 2022, what would that list look like? What would that list look like? What would that be? What would that encompass? And, and then we could even go further, and we could, we could take that list, and then we could compare it to Scripture. And we could say out of our list, Biblically, what does what what adequate what what could adequately translate to biblical fruit? Because you understand that a lot of our fruit may actually not be fruit, right? A lot of the things that we call fruit, it might not actually be fruit. But but could you take a Bible and and could you say, all right, this is what God is looking for in terms of fruit from my life? And I I want us to have that, man. Don't you want to have that? Don't you? Don't you want God to be pleased? Because listen, here's the deal, guys. And I, I really want to please the Lord. And, I, and, and I, I, want, I want you to please the Lord. Collectively, I want us to please the Lord. I want this church to be, I want God to, to deem this church as a fruit-bearing church. And I, I want us to make sure that we're bearing fruit in the will of God. I want, I want this to be... The, the most important year of our life in, in, in terms of looking at the coming of Christ, that, that this, this year is, is fruitful in the will of God. I gave you a couple quotes last week from some, from some godly men, and I, I, I'd like to give you those again. Warren Wiersbe, 
said this, never underestimate the damage one can do outside of the will of God and how, how very true that is. Bonhoeffer, he said, being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than about courageously and, and, and actively doing God's will. It's, it's, more, it's less about putting up all the parameters to avoid sin. How many of you understand? You can have so many parameters in your life. You can have as many parameters as you want to have. I mean, I think the Pharisees added 800 and some odd different laws and restrictions to the law that they added in on top of it. But, but, but you know what happened with the Pharisees? Their heart was still wicked. They had all these laws, they had all these regulations, they did all this stuff, they, they, they gave when they were supposed to, they prayed at certain times, they went out and they'd done, uh, done all this stuff. And, and what happened? Well, the Bible says that their hearts, that their hearts wasn't right with God. They were like whited sepulchers and on the inside they were full of dead men's bones. And what, what does that speak to? That you can have all the rules that you want to have and yet the heart not be actively seeking the will of God and you be in sin. Spurgeon said, when your will is God's will, you will have your will. And that, that, that goes back to, the Bible says that he'll give you the desires of your heart. When, you're, when your heart is centered on God's will, God will give you those desires. And you'll be happy with those desires. Watchman E said this, and he said, God's will, uh, good is not always God's will. Good is not always God's will. But God's will is always good. It's not always good. God's will is not always good. How do you know that? I've spent some rough days in God's will. I've spent some really poor days in God's will. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, me and Jordan, when we were in Bible college in South Carolina, man we, didn't, man, we didn't have enough money to, we barely paid the bills. Like for real, barely paid the bills. We got to go out to eat like once a month unless somebody else offered to pay for it. And, and then we felt like charity cases every time that would happen. I, I mean, we had, we, had, we, had, we had cut it down to going out to eat on Thursday nights and, and we could spend about $13 and we could make it with all of our family. Now, now, now some of us, if we don't spend 60 or 70, we're not actually having a meal. What is that? Well, it, sometimes the, God's will don't actually look good. But God's will is always good. Last week we looked at a man by the name of Achan, and man, what a big deal his life was. We looked at Achan last week, and and, and we're, we're not going to read all the verses again, but we looked at Achan last week, and I'll try my best to summarize what Achan's life was about. Achan was a part of the group that was going to get to go into Canaan. His family had all died. Three generations of Achan's family had passed on and didn't get to see the promised land because their unbelief. 
God, God, God told them, because of your unbelief, you're not going to get to go into the promised land. But this man by the name of Achan, he was going to get counted within the number that was going to go into Achan. And, and so their first, uh, their first real challenge, their first real uh, on their conquest, I guess you'd call it the gatekeeper, so to speak, is Jericho. And, and you know the story, if, you, if you've been in, school, in, in, in uh, church for any length of time, you've been in children's church, there's, they got songs about the walls of Jericho falling, and, and you've probably heard about Jericho falling and what Jericho was. I mean, they marched around Jericho and, and then shouted. They did it for days and then shouted, and Jericho fell to the ground. That was, that was the victory that was wrought by the hand of God. And, and, and previous to Joshua chapter number 7, Joshua 6, they, God give them strict commands and said, look, I want you to go in there and I don't want you to take anything from Jericho. I'm going to rock this victory, and, but I don't want you taking anything from the victory. When we get done, when, when you, is, is, a, is the entrance, as you're making your way to Canaan, as you're making your way to the promised land, on this, on this journey that you're on, I want you, here it is, I want you to see that I've got this thing. Do, do you understand that, that there's great peace in knowing that God has got this thing and that he don't need your help to do it? Now, now, now I want you to know, God's going to let you participate. But it ain't till you get in your mind that you ain't really nothing. Do you understand that? Like, like God didn't let him conquer Jericho, but he let him, con- he, he's gonna let, he let him conquer Ai the second time. There wasn't many men. Well, 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 here's the deal. God wanted the glory from Jericho. God alone wanted the glory from Jericho, and he didn't want to share it with them. He didn't want them to think that they were something. So what did he say? Go march around it. Go look. I'm a, I'll be honest with you. God's like, all right, here's my chance to go march around Jericho. Uh, for days on end, I'll be like, man, I'm, I'm marching and I'm probably the dude in the back that's like, anybody else think this is crazy as I do? And, we're just, and then he wants us to shout. He wants us to blow trumpets like we're going to play music and we're going to shout and, and, and God's just going to get the victory. Well, yeah, that's how it works. Why? Well, that's what God said. And so, so what happens is, is Achan goes in and, 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 and he takes what doesn't belong to him. And because he took what didn't belong to him, guess what? God sniffed it out. God sniffed it out. God sniffed out the sin that was in and amongst the camp of the Israelites. You have stole something that rightfully belonged to me. And, and, and I, I, need the, I need that thing. I need that thing uncovered. And I need, here it is, I need the person that stole it, I need them judged for their sin. Now, why would God do that? Well, because, again, God had already proven to Achan. God had already given Achan an understanding of what it meant to be to, to, to completely disobey and to walk in unbelief. You, know, you realize that's what Achan done, right? He disobeyed and he did exactly what his forefathers did. He walked in unbelief. He didn't believe the words of God. Well, what, what did he not believe? He didn't believe that God, God wouldn't let him have it. That God wouldn't share in his glory. He didn't believe that. And so what did he do? He took it. He went and, and, and what did he do? He hid it in his tent. He hid it up under his tent. 
hid the, the there was a, a Babylonian garment and a, and a shekel of gold, and he hid a wedge of gold, and he hid it up under that tent where nobody would find out. How many of you know that God goes where we can't go? God knows what we don't know, and God has the ability. God has the ability to sniff out when we're trying to steal something that rightfully belongs to him. What's, what's crazy is that Achan is not a pagan. Achan's not a full-blown pagan. I, I mean, he, he's not, you know, I don't know, he's not a Satanist. He's not, he's not over here, like, you know, ripping it up down the roads and in the bars and, you know, sleeping with this woman and that. He's not doing that. Achan's not doing that. He's, he, that's not Achan. Well, what is, what, what is Achan? Achan's probably actually a faithful man. I mean, he was counted worthy to be in this group that was going into Canaan. I mean, Achan's not, Achan's not somebody that, that you would look at and say, oh, man, he's, 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 he's a real, I mean, I, I just, I think God really messed up with that one. No, that's not Achan. Achan is fine. Achan, there ain't not, you're looking on the outside, Achan looks good. Achan looks like he's got it going on. But what happened? There was a slither of doubt in his heart. There was a slither of doubt in his heart that God wasn't true, and 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 he was gonna he was gonna test that he was gonna test that doubt. He was gonna see if God was actually true. And guess what? The unfortunate thing by testing God is that God is true, and every man's a liar. And eventually, God gets his way. And so God got his way with Achan. God got his way with Achan when when. When Achan decided to take and do his own thing. Now, the, the, the crazy thing, again, the crazy thing about this is that, that there, was a, there was a great disobedience in, in Achan's life. And because of his great disobedience, because uh, that he disobeyed the Lord, Achan had to suffer the consequence and the judgment behind that. Now, uh, again, another crazy piece of this puzzle is not only did Achan suffer, Achan's family suffered. Did, did you know when, when as, as leaders, men in this room, as the leader of your home, if you're not the initial fruit bearer, if you're not the initial fruit bearer, Somehow or another, it seems to trickle its way down one drop at a time in your family. Seems to seem what seems to trickle its way down unbelief, sin, more unbelief, more sin, more unbelief. What is that? That's a generational thing that's been handed down. And that's why we beat that drum. Man, God has held us. God's put us in a place to where we're accountable. So Achan's sin brings his family to a place of death. Now yours may not be literal death. It may be spiritual death. It may be death in, uh, for eternity. It may be a literal death and it may be a, it may be a second death too. It may be a burning for all of eternity in a place we know to be the lake of fire. That's what it may be. 
Achan lost his family in this deal, but Achan, Achan lost some men around him. Achan lost 36 men that went to battle with him. You say, what? What a shame for our sin to lose the men that fought with us courageously. So, Achan forgot that he was to bear fruit, but his fruit didn't have anything to do with him. God was going to give Achan a spoil. God was going to give Achan uh, and, and, and let Achan, as he took over Ai, God was going to let Achan uh, give him Achan and the things in, I mean, he was going to give Achan the things in Ai, but he had to get through Jericho first, and he couldn't make it through Jericho. Now, this morning, <clears throat> this morning I, I want to look at two guys in the Bible that, that kind of resemble Achan a little bit, but I, I want to look at, at two, two other people in your Bible that, that stole the fruit that belonged to God alone that stole the glory that belonged to God alone. I want to look at two guys that, that done everything they could, if you would, to bring about a, a, a way in their life to where the spotlight was on them, and it was about them, and it wasn't about the Lord anymore. You say, why is this such a big deal? The drum's got to be beat that it ain't about us. Friend, if God ain't worshipped, in this place, we're doing this for naught. Man, if, if our first and foremost priority is God being glorified in our life, then this whole thing is for naught. I was talking to somebody this past week, and they was talking about worry. You know, worry is, is one of them things that, that God never intended you to do. Worry is a sure sign that, that you and me don't depend on the Lord. Worry is a sure sign that we've got issues that, that, we're, we're un, that we have not relied fully on the Lord. Well, i got all this stuff going on. Well, uh, uh, we got, we got a big God that can handle all of our stuff. Let's make sure that we don't steal what rightfully belongs to the Lord in the middle of all this. So I want to look at the first person this morning. I want you to look uh, at Genesis chapter number 4. Uh, I believe it's on it's on the screen, Charlie. I had all of that on my iPad, and it's completely it's gone. So it's probably back there on that one. Uh, Genesis chapter four. We're gonna look at uh, verses one, one through eight. Bible says in verse 1, Adam knew uh, Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. said, I have gotten a man from the Lord, and she bare his, uh, she bare, and she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in, uh, in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of, the, of, uh, brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of, the, and, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel 
and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance falling? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be, uh, shalt not, uh, shalt thou not be accepted, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall, uh, shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, until you look at verse, verse number 8. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. He rose up against his brother Abel and slew him. Now, I, I want you to understand uh, the process of this, that what, what we've got going on here in Genesis chapter number 4 says that, that Abel was a keeper of sheep and that Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the, the, this whole thing that Cain brought the fruit of the ground as an offering to the Lord and then his brother, he also brought the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof. And, and, and the, the crazy thing here is, is to understand, you, you think, man, I, I, it don't seem like it's that big of a deal for Cain to bring uh, for Cain to bring the fruit of the ground. He's a tiller of the ground. Uh, what just so happens that may, maybe you're thinking, Abel, he, he, he was a keeper of sheep. He had it easier. He must have had it easier. So he brought, he brought the firstling and the fat thereof. That, that's, that's a key statement that we've got to analyze here in just a minute. And the fat thereof. Now, once you look at Hebrews, you should have Hebrews 11.4 on there. You don't, somebody's got to come help you because it's on there. Hebrews 11 and verse number 4. Uh, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet he speaketh. Now, what was so important about it is by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now, What's, what's interesting is that Abel brought the firstlings of the flock. The Bible says he brought the fat thereof. That's a big statement that we've got to make sure that we get. Cain, he brought of the fruit of the ground. He brought of the food, fruit of the ground. Why, why ain't that a big deal? Why, why, why ain't that a big deal in the eyes of God? Well, because God sees the heart. While man looketh on the outward, what is it? God looketh on the heart. And, and, and here it is, God seen what Abel was bringing and God seen what Cain was bringing. Now there, there I believe, I believe that, that this, is, this is just a picture of a blood sacrifice being established from here on out, the law first mentioned. But, but let, let's for the sake of under, let's for the sake of, let's, just for the sake of argument, say that that's not true. I believe it is, and I believe that there's substantial proof that it is true. But let's, for the sake of argument, say that it is not true. And, 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 and we can kind of get a, a, a grasp of, uh, of Abel's heart compared to Cain's heart. Uh, go, go to the next verse, if you would, Brother Charlie. Now, look at this verse in Leviticus. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire. For a sweet savor, here it is, all the fat is the Lord's. It shall be a perpetual statue 
for your generations throughout all your dwellings that ye eat neither fat nor blood. Verse, uh, go, go to the next one, Brother Charlie. Uh, Leviticus 17, verse 6, And the priest shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar of the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the, conver- uh, of the congregation, and, and here it is, and burn the fat for a sweet savor unto the Lord. Now, why is that such a big deal? Why would God clarify in, in Genesis chapter number 4 that he brought the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof, and then, and then God re-up on this whole thing in Leviticus? Well, because... Because there is a significant thing that's going on with Abel. Abel picked the be- the biggest and the best out of the entire flock. It wasn't just a firstling. It, it, was, it was like me. It was a hefty firstling. You, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it had some meat on his bones. And God, it, here's, here's the thing about that. Abel is establishing a pattern that the heart has to be right with God for God to accept the sacrifice. For God to accept the worship, the heart has to be in the place to where it's worshiping God. And it's not worshiping in a sacrifice, but it's actually worshiping God. Do you get that you can read your Bible and you can come in here and sing songs and you can read your Bible for the sake of reading your Bible, you can sing songs for the sake of singing songs, but if you're not doing any of that for the real life fact that God is worthy and He's worthy to be, uh, to be a Bible, uh, to study your Bible and He's worthy to, to sing praises and He's worthy to be worshipped, guess what? It don't matter that you do all that stuff. For the sake of argument, let's... Let's just say that it wasn't, didn't have nothing to do with blood. What it did have to do with, I know for certain, that Abel was there to offer something that smelled sweet in the nostrils of God. And Cain wasn't. Cain wasn't there for God. Cain, Cain didn't come to the... Now how about this? You ready? Genesis, we don't make it four chapters into Genesis and we find people coming to a worship to, to a worship service and 50% of them had the wrong heart. Not 10, not a few, not a couple. 50%. You, are you tracking when I say that? Like half of the congregation in Genesis chapter number 4, they had the wrong heart at the worship service. Well, what happens? Well, God don't, God don't respect it. God don't honor it. God, God, ain't, God, ain't, God ain't dealing with that, right? God's like, no, I'm, I ain't in that. Cain, I'm not about that. You, 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 you're not... You're not doing. You're not bringing what I want you to bring. What 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 would Cain do? He brought what the Lord didn't ask for. You know what Cain brought? He brought what was convenient. I swore I wasn't going to rant this morning. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say a couple words about that, and I, I promise we're going to the next verse. We're going to the next slide. You can't be a Cain and bring to God what's convenient and expect God to bless it. 
Convenient Christianity doesn't please God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Convenient Christianity doesn't please God. You don't get to bring what God ain't asking for and God be pleased with it. You know, you, you, it, look, I, I know, man, we, we don't, you know, we've, we've tried to trim, we've tried to trim the fat off the schedules around here so much so that I worry that we've made even the schedule at Greater Hope Baptist Church a little bit too convenient. To the tune of we, we give people way more time to do what whatever the heck they want to do. And you know what ends up happening? We don't make time for the stuff behind the scenes. They don't make time for the Bible reading. They don't make time for, for this. They don't make time for discipleship. They don't make time for getting ready for discipleship. They don't make time for taking, taking Bible class. Well, well, that you give us that Sunday night deal, that's for us. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember saying that. I don't remember that being the plan. Well, who's it for? It's for the Lord still. It's still for the Lord. It's still for God. It's still for the praise and the honor and the glory of God in your life. Convenient Christianity is killing us. We, we, we want the convenience behind all of the long-haired hippie Jesus stuff. Free love, peace, and smoking weed. You know, like just handing out all the, you know, whatever. You say, well, that ain't how I think of Jesus. That's how most people think of Jesus. It ain't got nothing to do with God being glorified in their life. It ain't got nothing to do with, with God, with us laying our life down at a throne that's worthy to lay it down at. That The Lord of all glory is actually the King of kings and should be the Lord of our life. You see, Cain brought what God wasn't wanting. And man, what a miserable state that was. How do you know he was miserable? Do we ever find that Genesis or no? Was it on there? Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. Uh, go, go, go to the uh, next one. Okay. Here's how I know that Cain brought something that he wanted to bring that the Lord wasn't asking to and refused to ever get into a place and refused. Do you hear me? You hear what I'm saying? Refused to get into a place to where he would bring something that the Lord would approve of. Well, what is that? Well, look. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. Here it is. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. He was ticked. Do you realize that? Cain is ticked off that God didn't accept what he brought. How dare you and me and Cain get mad that God ain't, ain't accepting what we're bringing to the table? Well, God, I did this. Well, God, I don't know what you expect me to do. I did this and I did that. God, I've been to church and God, I've done this. And God, uh, God, I, you know, how about this? I love this one. Well, God, you know, I, I wasn't even doing that this time last year. 
Now, now, praise the Lord that we're moving, that we're growing. But here it is. If we're getting ticked that God ain't, bring, that God ain't accepting what we're bringing, then guess who the big problem is here? It ain't God. So, so Cain's mad. And his countenance fell. And, 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 and the Lord seen that Cain was visibly disturbed. The Lord seen that Cain was bothered. And so what does he do? Why art thou wroth? Why are you mad, Cain? Cain, why are you so mad right now? Tell me why you're so mad, Cain. You just you you mad because I didn't accept what you brought to the table? Is that why you're mad, Cain? And, and why is thy countenance fell? Go go to verse seven. If thou doest well, if thou doest well. So so what 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 does that mean? Is that, you ready for this? If you were doing right to begin with. Wouldn't your sacrifice have been accepted? Wouldn't your worship have been if you if you, if it was from a pure heart, Cain? What we wouldn't be having you wouldn't be having this problem. Why? Well, because your heart would have been pure to the Lord, and and you know what? When He didn't accept what what you brought, you would have said, "All right, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll I'll go back and get what you're asking for." But no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to throw a tantrum and, 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 and I'm, I'm going to be ticked off. Right? That's what Cain did. That's who Cain was. He's mad. So what, what happens? What happens when he gets mad? Well, look, 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 look what happened. And it came to pass. Now, now oh, verse 8, excuse me. And Cain talked with his brother Abel. Can you imagine this little conversation going down? They're hanging out. Some I picture it. I, I just picture it in a field or something like that. And how many of you ever seen these gun violence memes where where uh, where where they talk about where they're trying to uh, take all of our guns and the the gun violence memes? They say uh, you know guns are deadly. And then up under it says, Abel had a rock. I mean, Cain had a rock. So <laughs> we're in a field where there's no guns. We have rocks, right? Uh, he, he beat him over the head with a rock, all right? What happens? Well, they're in a field. There, and he goes up to him all sly. He, he's, he's being a good little, a good brother to Abel. And in his heart, he's so mad that God accepted him. That God accepted Abel in his worship. You know, real live worship, it's got a way to rub off on other people the wrong way. That ain't worshiping with the right heart. So he gets mad and he's like, man, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. We'll see how far this whole... We'll see how far this whole sacrifice thing takes him. What does he do? He kills him. He kills him. He kills Abel. He kills Abel. He's so mad that he kills Abel. And it all started with him not bringing what the Lord or him bringing what the Lord didn't ask for. 
be careful. Be careful that you don't bring to the table what God doesn't want. Are you tracking when I say that, man? I, be careful that you you don't bring that you don't bring what you're only willing to bring. You're, if you're not if 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 you're if you got certain parts of your life you're not willing to bring, and you've held back from the Lord. It's the same thing Cain did. You've got certain areas of your life that you won't submit to the Lord and you, you, you won't be faithful in being a Christian to the Lord there and you won't be faithful in following, the, following Jesus Christ there. That's the same thing Cain did. He, he brought what the Lord didn't ask for and God, God wants what God's asking for. You get that? God wants, and, and if you're in here and you're saved, I don't have to tell you what that is. Why? Because the Bible says the Holy Ghost of God is your teacher. And God will teach you exactly what you need to bring. God's probably telling you God's probably telling you stuff right now that God wants you to bring that I don't know about, that God wants in your life that I don't know about. And listen, till you bring those, and I ain't got to know about them, you're going to keep bringing and you're going to keep getting. You're going to keep bringing the same sacrifice Cain brought. And you're going to keep getting the same outcome Cain got. And before long, it ends up in bitterness. It ends up in being ticked. It ends up in killing your brothers and sisters and, and literally eating them alive. Number two, Judas. Judas, I don't, what, I don't even know what the point is, Charlie. Is it up there? Now, now I, I, I won't look at Judas. Uh, oh, well, let's finish this one up. His heart, it looked giving. Um, that's really the benefits of having your own outline. Um, it looks, it looked, he, his heart looked giving. His heart sounded spiritual, right? He went to the worship service, and it sounded spiritual, and, and, but the real fact is it, is it wasn't worshiping. Uh, look, look at Judas. Judas, um, Judas, um, and we're going to look at him where the the woman uh, is breaking the alabaster box over. We're going to look at a couple different places in the Bible with that. I'll give you a few thoughts. And we'll go to the house. Her extravagant worship, whoop, her extravagant worship seemed wasteful to him. Her extravagant worship. Now Judas was a disciple, but Judas had a heart that that. The most extravagant worship that they had seen seemed very unreasonable and waste and, and wasteful, Me, meaning that 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 it that it wasn't it wasn't worth what she was doing. Her worship really wasn't worth what she was what she was doing to worship the Lord. And so we'll we'll see that. Uh, go, go to the next verse, Brother Charlie. Uh, Mark chapter number 14, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had, uh, that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was, thou this, uh, what was this waste of the ointment made? <clears throat> Verse 5, for it, might been, for it might have been sold... Uh, for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor. And they murmured against her and, and, Je and Jesus said, Let her alone, why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor 
uh, with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do, uh, ye may do them good. But me, ye have not always. Um, go, go to the next one, Brother Charlie. This is just another uh, another part of the gospel where this is where this is going down. Uh, go to the next uh, next part, if you would, brother. Uh, Matthew twenty six and verse six. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a having uh, woman having an alabaster box, very precious ointment, and he poured it on his head, and he sat at me. And when the disciples saw it, they had indignation. Now, uh, I will say, um, we'll, we're going to find out who is actually speaking up here in a minute. The Bible says that the disciples. I don't know how many of them had it. I don't know if it was one of them. I think we're going to get a pretty good idea of who. Or how many of them it was here in a minute. Uh, but they had indignation saying, To what purpose is this waste? Uh, verse 9. For this ointment might have been sold uh, for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood, he said to them, Why trouble this woman? She hath wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always uh, with you. But me, you have not always. Now, we're, we're going to look at one more place. John, uh, John chapter number uh, is 11 on there. Okay, 11 is not on there. Uh, then Jesus, uh, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, uh, which was which uh, was which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Uh, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus uh, was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his head, uh, wiped his feet with the hair. Uh, with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment then saith one of his disciples Judas Iscariot Simon's son which should betray him verse 5 why was why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor then he said not uh, that he cared for the poor but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bear what was put therein okay I'll give you three different places that this whole thing's laid out. Uh, one, one place in your Bible says that there were some of them that had indignation in their heart. And then another place, second place we looked at, it said the disciples had indignation. Some of the disciples had indignation. And then we culminate in John chapter, uh, John, uh, John here, where, you ready? The only one speaking is Judas. Now, I will say this, most of the time when the, the overwhelming majority of the disciples had something to say, who was it that spoke up first? Loud and proud. What it? Peter. Most of the time when something was to be said that the majority of the disciples had been reasoning within their hearts, it was always old dumb dumb that stood up and said something. One, he's 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 an idiot on one part, and then he's a genius on the other. Lord, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. And and then, and then the very next one, Lord, I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the death. And and then the you know the rooster's crowing, and he's in the backyard cussing some some kind of fierce. So, so, and, and then you know then he then he winds up on a he winds up on a boat. Uh, stripped down on on uh, a boat, jumping off of it, swimming back to the Lord on the seaside. He, he's a big old train wreck. 
But I will say, only this man named Judas. Judas is standing up and Judas is making a statement that's it's just huge. Why are you wasting? You ready? Why are you wasting all of the money on Judas? That, that 300 pence, that 300 penny worth, there's a good chance that the, the historians have wrote that there's a good chance that that was enough money uh, to feed somebody, a family, for an entire year. And why, 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 are, you get, why are you wasting that? Why, why are you wasting that on Jesus? Why would you waste your worship? Why, why would you save? Why would you save that this alabaster box that was hers? It was very costly. And it was to be, it was to be used as a, at, a, at a designated time. And she thought that Jesus was worthy to use at this designated time. But there was somebody in the backdrop that said, why are you wasting that on Jesus? See, Judas thought that her worship was so extravagant that it was wasted. You know what people's going to say about you giving your life to Jesus Christ wholly? I'm not talking about, I, I, again, uh, there's attenders and there's disciples. I, I'm talking about putting your hand to the plow and not looking back, you know what people are going to say about your worship? I can't believe you wasted your life on Jesus. I can't believe you wasted your life on Jesus. I can't believe you wasted. You see, fruit bearing in 2023 is only going to happen if we bring what the Lord's looking for, Brother Daniel, you can come on. If we bring what the Lord's looking for, and if we get in our mind, there is no waste in giving our life to Jesus. There is no waste in giving our life. I, I mean, a disciple, we know he betrayed him. We know that the, the, the devil got the best of Judas Iscariot. Judas is a lot like Cain. His heart looked giving. He sounded real spiritual. But guess what? Judas wasn't the one worshiping. Judas was not the one worshiping. Judas was not the one that was that was that was that was wiping off the feet of Jesus. With his hair. Man, I can't imagine being in that scene, being in that moment in time and, and being there and Lazarus being rose from the dead and Judas being there. 
and seeing that Lazarus had been called out of the tomb. Lazarus come forth, Lazarus bound. You understand that? He came out of a tomb bound. Judas is sitting there with the rest of the disciples and Lazarus is sitting there who's been raised from the dead. This woman is, is, is probably, this is probably a, a, an emotional time for her as she has taken something that she saved for so long. But she recognizes Jesus Christ is worthy. She sees him as, as worth giving this to. This, this heart that the devil has that the devil has soaked into, this heart that the devil has reached, and he she's probably on her knees. Jesus is sitting in a chair and she's probably on her knees and she's literally taking the hair of her head and wiping the feet of Jesus. And it won't be long. It won't be long. And those same feet, they'll have a stake drove in them. He'll be pinned to a cross. The same head that Mary is giving her worship to, that head will have a crown of thorns platted upon it. That same head that Mary is letting that ointment run through the beard of, that the Roman soldiers will literally pluck out of his face. It'd be the same face that the Roman soldiers beat with their fists till the Bible says that he was, he was so marred that his visage was so marred that he was unrecognizable. That's who was worthy. That's who was worthy of her praise. That's who was worthy of her worship. That's who she deemed that that 300 pence, that that, that, that money that she had given, that that thing that she had saved, that was, that was worthy. Jesus Christ was worthy. Judas in all of his arrogancy and Judas in all in all of all of who he is at the moment. He said, man, that's a little bit overboard. You want to bear fruit in 2023? You better get ready to be overboard. You better get ready to have a heart that Mary's got and say, you know what? I'm tired of what everybody else thinks. I'm tired of everybody. Let the world stare. Let the room stare. Let the disciple, one of the 12 disciples that's been following Jesus for all these years, let him mock me. Let him talk about me. Let him say things. Lord, let him say while I'm wiping the hair, of, while I'm wiping the feet of Jesus with my hair, let him grumble that I'm spending money. Let him say, man, can you believe, Lord, you shouldn't let her do that. And you know what? The whole time she never stops her worship. You know why? Because she deemed the man sitting in the chair worthy to be praised, worthy to be worshipped. She lauded him as the king of heaven. She lauded him for who he was. While some old crouchy churchgoer, some old some old. Some old church has been in church all his life. He's been around this thing. He's been in religion most of his life. He's, he's, been, he, now he's been following Jesus for the last three and a half years and he thinks he's somebody. He's carrying around the money bag. He's over the treasury. He's over something. He says, oh, you, you, don't, don't do that. We need to fill this bag. Whose bag was it? It was Judas's bag. 
It was Judas's bag. It wasn't God. It, that, that wasn't the disciples' bag. That was Judas's. That's why, that's why people don't give to the Lord because it's theirs. Didn't, it was never God's to begin with. God's just letting you, letting you use what he's been, what, what, what you've been fortunate enough for him to give you. That ain't yours. It ain't mine. It's just on loan. Man, if we go back to, if we get to December 31st, if we make it to that long and Jesus doesn't come back, what is your, what is your fruit going to look like then? You're going to be able to, you're going to be able to take out a pen, a piece of paper. Somebody's always stealing my pen up here. You can't leave pens laying in the other room. You stole my pen. It looks just like mine. They ain't about a thousand of them, but it looks just like mine. Let's say you get to 2023, the end of December, and you you want to look back over the year and you want to see what God did. What you going to write down? What you going to write down? I mean, people you going to write down that you witnessed to. How many people are you gonna you gonna you gonna write down that you that you you know what you mentioned the gospel about twenty times this person and finally you had enough you're like you know what this joker won't respond he won't even acknowledge that I'm saying gospel he won't even acknowledge so you know what you may have to get confrontational with your witness you may have to just blow up on them but hey man listen you I've I've done said this four or five times ten twenty times do you know where you're going when you die <laughs> I I can't do that. And mark that one off the list. Because it ain't going to be there. How about discipleships? There's somebody here brand new going to be in discipleship and going to finish it next year? I can't do that. I can't. I just can't do that. I, that's just too much time. It's too much work. I ain't got time for Well, then, then just mark that one off the list. Well, preacher, here, here's what... I got this relationship in my life I need to reconcile with so and so it hurt me a long time ago I got fi- to fix that I got to forgive so and so They. I got to get some I, but you know what I, man I'm just not wired like that my family you know they, they held grudges they taught me to hold grudges and that's what I'm going to do you know I'm just that kind of person well, right, let's, so let's, let's mark, let's mark reconciliation forgiveness off the list man you're getting you're really whittling it down here I don't know. I mean, what you tell me? I I know this. That list is going to be short if you don't do something about it. Here, I'm not going to stay here for you. That would make make me a Pharisee big time. I'm going to pray this morning. you a question, what is your worship worth giving up for? What is your worship worth giving up for? 
when I get done praying, if you're in here and you say, man, Brother Lee, I'm unsure about my own salvation. I'd like to get that squared away. I'd like to help you do that. You want to make your get out of your seat, make your way to this, this front, this altar here. Feel free to do that. I want to encourage every person in this room. I, I don't know where you are in terms of your fruit bearing, but but maybe maybe we could get still before the Lord this morning and get desperate. I mean, get desperate, man. We got some hard situations. I got some hard situations in my life right now. And you know what? Unless the Lord work, it, they're not—they're not going to be accomplished. Would you get that? De- could we get desperate before the Lord? There's some of our brothers and sisters that need us to get desperate for them to see God work in their life. And when—when is the last time, man? We just fell on our face and said, "Lord, man, I am desperate for you to work." I see how small I am. I see how weak and how frail I am. And unless you work, God, unless you work, it won't be done. Brother Daniel, he's going to sing when I get done praying. Would you just maybe find yourself a place, get quiet before the Lord, ask God, ask God to work and be big in your own life for your brothers and sisters. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, God, for being good to us and being faithful. Lord, I I pray, uh, God, this morning, Lord, for every person in this room that has decided to follow you with their life, God, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to get to the place, Lord, that we're we're not Cain's, we're not Judas. Lord, that, that, Lord, we don't have, we don't think the same way they do. Our hearts are not like their hearts, and God, we, I, I want you to, to keep this place centered in such a way, God, that, that our lives could be wholly given to you without any partiality, without any, without being concerned what the crowd thinks, without being concerned what Judas thinks, without being concerned what anybody thinks. God, would, would, would you? Would you help us this morning? God, all, all of this is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One come down and work and move and have its life and being within us. God, we're, we're frail. And Lord, we're, Lord, we're in a desperate place looking for God to do something big. Now, there's some situations in my own life God, I need you to work in big time. Lord, I love you, and I I pray that you you work in our hearts and you work in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you do this? Won't you stand? Would you you get serious with the Lord? Maybe you'd come find your place here. There's probably somebody that could use your prayers. There's probably somebody that could, could use you calling on the Lord for them. Maybe you just get serious before the Lord this morning. Clear the stage and set the sounds and lights ablaze. As vast the measure you must take to crush the idols. 
dirt the pews and all the decorations too until the congregation's pews then have revival tell your friends that this is where the party ends until you're broken for your sin you can't be social Seek the Lord and wait for what he has in store. And know that great is your reward, so just be hopeful. Because you can sing all you want to. You can sing all you want to. Sing all you want to and still get it wrong because worship is more than a song. Take a break from all the plans that you've made. Sit alone at home and wait for God to whisper. Beg and please to open up his mouth and speak and pray for real upon your knees until they blister. Shine the light on every corner of your life until the pride and lust and lies are in the open. Then read the word and put to test the things you've heard. And know that great is your reward. So just be hopeful. Because you can sing all you want to. Because you can sing all you want to. Sing all you want to and still get it wrong because worship is more than a song. Finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard. But to hear what you would say. Word of God, speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty. Just be still and know that you're in this place. 
don't show us how frail we really are. The pragmatism of the world has sufficed for far too long. Lord, we we figured out how to have church. We figured out how to make a service work. We figured out all this stuff. God, we gotten the desperate need of man for the infinite God of heaven to work and us to seek his face in the middle of it. God, I, I realize there's, there's lots of needs in this room. But I pray that every need we have in this room will be Lord, it'd be coupled with a thought that Whatever the answer is, God, that will bring glory to you in everything that we do with our life. God, that, that, that we live in such a way, God, that our lives are they're not consumed with what we're going to get. They're not consumed with how the outcome's going to be. But God, literally, in the middle of the problem, God, we're concerned with pleasing you. God, that we're concerned with you being pleased and, and those around us seeing that you're worthy to please. God, I, I pray, Lord, like I said Wednesday night, Lord, I, I'm praying, God, Lord, for men and women, that they'll be faithful, God, for no other reason, Lord, than you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy, and I, I bless your name being such a good and faithful God. Lord, bless us today as we go. May, may, may you work in this room far past this time. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.